0: Hey, happy mamas. Welcome back. This is episode 13 and we're talking all about brain chemistry and its effect on our uh, emotional stability, shall we say. I have learned some um, really cool information in the last month or so that I really wanted to share with you. And so I'm going to jump right into it because there's a lot here, but I just want you to think about where if any of these things that we talk about apply to you. Now first of all, I want to tell you where most of this information is coming from. I have been reading a book called The Mute, excuse me, The Mood Cure, <laughs> The Mood Cure by Julia Ross. And in it she talks about how we can distinguish the four different main brain chemistry issues we might be having and what they look like as far as our moods and how to help solve them, right? let me give just a little bit of information. She talks about, this really made sense to me, and this is something, you know, I've had, I had over, um, it was a January, I had a little bit of a relapse, I guess, if you want to call it, where I, um, I filtered off some medicine and some different things, tried to try some new things out and kind of struggled a little bit. And when I went to my health coach, who was brilliant, um, she was able to talk me through this. And introduced me to this book and this information. She said, I really think you should study it out. I think it's going to change your life. And it really did. So, um, one of the things she talks about is that we, um, we have what we call false moods. And I'll tell you what, this is what really, um, like changed my perspective, I guess, about things. Okay. She said, this is what she says. Your brain is responsible for most of your feelings, both true and false. In concert with some surprisingly brain-like areas of your heart and gut, it transmits your feelings through four highly specialized and potent kinds of mood molecules. If it has plenty of all four, it keeps you as happy as you can possibly be, given your particular life circumstances. But if your brain runs low on these mood transmitters, whether because of a minor genetic miscue, because it's used them up, coping with too much stress, because you aren't eating the specific foods it needs, it stops producing normal emotions on a consistent basis. Instead, it starts hitting false emotional notes, kind of like a piano out of tune. And when she talks about true versus false emotions, she says, this is what she says. And this is, again, this is what really just helped me. She said, some negative feelings are unavoidable and even beneficial. They're what I call true emotions. These true, genuine responses to real difficulties we encounter in life can be hard to take. They can even be unbearable at times, depending on the kinds of ordeals we face. But they can also be vitally important. True grief moves us through our losses. True fear warns us of danger. True anger can defend us from abuse. And true shame can teach us to grow and change. These true emotions typically pass or diminish naturally, and even when they get repressed or misdirected, they can usually be relieved through counseling. But when we suffer for no justifiable reason, when the pain of a broken heart doesn't mend like a broken bone, when rest, psychotherapy, prayer, and meditation can make little impact, then we must suspect the emotional impostor, the meaningless biochemical error, the false mood. And I thought, whoa, I've never heard it put that way, right? That I just always thought that everything I was feeling, I was causing myself, right? But it's that idea. Um, she says, you know, when your life actually, if you were to like put it on paper or someone from the outside's looking in, your life actually looks like pretty good. Not that it's perfect and not that it doesn't have challenges, but it's actually looking pretty good, but you still feel like crap. That's a false mood, <laughs> right? So. Um, here's a couple of ideas. She says, learning to spot a false mood. When your boss cancels your long scheduled vacation, you may get justifiably angry. And the next day you won't have any trouble remembering what triggered your anger. At other times you just seem to snap. Maybe when your child forgets to take out the garbage. And later you say, I don't know what got into me. The first case is genuine emotion. The second is a definite counterfeit. Does that make sense? Um, here's another one. She says, thinking of a loved one who has passed away may make you teary, but if every sentimental TV commercial brings you to tears, you're in the grip of false pain. Interesting. Um, she says this one, PMS is notorious for bad moods. If you're reasonably even tempered the rest of the month, but become teary and nasty before your period, you're experiencing a clear cut case of hormonally disrupted emotional balance, a false Mood. And here's one more. She said, We all make mistakes and beat ourselves up from time to time. But if you're finding fault with your behavior or appearance almost every day, it's likely that false feelings of low self esteem are responsible. And then she goes on to say this You shouldn't have to live with these kinds of distorted moods on a regular basis. It's like having an engine that sputters, preventing you from having a smooth emotional ride. Or like I talk about, it's just being stable, right? When your brain's emotional equipment needs a tune-up, you get clues, like you don't sleep well, you worry too much, you start feeling overwhelmed, you lose your enthusiasm or your ability to concentrate. You might also start depending on chocolate or other, you know, other types of (laughs) substances to get some relief. If you experience these kinds of symptoms frequently, you may have just come to accept them, assuming them simply to be unfortunate features of your basic personality. But chances are you're wrong. Now you have an opportunity to discover your true emotional nature. And then she goes on to talk about these four chemical areas of our brain and what we need for us to be emotionally stable and experience true mood, right? And so I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but I've had times where I'm like, this just doesn't feel like me, right? This depressed, apathetic, lethargic, discouraged person, it's totally not my natural personality. But you experience it for so long that you start to think maybe it's just you, right? Maybe this is just who you've become. And yet in your heart, you're like, but it doesn't really feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. It still feels meh or still feels wrong, right? And so wrong, right? So it must not really be me. There's probably something else at play here. And this is where I like how she talks about these false moods. We're experiencing things that really aren't who we are. It's really this this chemical imbalance, Right. So let me just break down really quickly these four chemicals that she talks about and how to recognize the difference between them and uh, some possible options for addressing them. Although at this point, I would encourage you to either get the book or to reach out to someone who can help you with this, um, or uh, I've got some other great resources by, at the end of the, this podcast to let you know. So the first one she talks about is um, low serotonin, Okay. And serotonin really is your anti-anxiety, anti-depression, natural chemical in your brain, okay? And it's really, it's, uh, she talks about, you know, we use depression, maybe anxiety as a blanket statement, but it really can be broken down to, into lots of different types, lots of different things we're experiencing when we're experiencing what we would call depression or anxiety. And this one, when we have low serotonin, is what she calls under a dark cloud. This is when you're just more negative, more glass half empty rather than half full. It's more that dark pessimistic thoughts. Um, it can have you can be worried and anxious, you can have feelings of low self-esteem and lack of confidence, get easily um, self-critical and feeling guilty. Sometimes this will show up as obsessive behaviors. Um, like if you're if it's hard for you to make transitions or be flexible, if you find yourself being a perfectionist or a control freak, maybe with the computer or the TV or you're a work addict or something like that. Um it also can show up if you don't like dark weather. Which is funny because I hate dark weather. <laughs> oh, I hate dark weather, okay? Um or if you have kind of a clear cut like um seasonal depression, when the seasons change to the darker winter months or something that that affects you big time, that's a sign of serotonin, low serotonin. Um, if you find yourself being irritable or impatient, edgy or angry, um, that could be a sign of low serotonin. If you find yourself, um, shy or fearful, and she talks a lot about how lots of times we classify people as shy being a characteristic, like a character trait, but it's really not. Um, that often shy or feeling like you can't go talk to people or like you don't want to go talk to people because out of fear, that's not a sign. That's not, um, that's not a character trait. That's low serotonin. Um, she talks about if you get nervous or panicky about things like, heights or flying or enclosed spaces, public performances, spiders, snakes, bridges, crowds, leaving the house or anything else where you have a high phobia of it and it brings on anxiety. That could be a sign of low serotonin. Um, If you have anxiety attacks or panic attacks, And that can go anything from an anxiety attack of like overthinking something and getting fixated and worried about something to a full-on panic attack where it starts to change our physical response to things, our heart's racing, it's hard to breathe. We have those, you know, butterflies in our stomach, that kind of stuff. Um, She talks about if we hate hot weather, which a couple of us at our house were like, yes, we hate hot weather. That could be a sign of low serotonin as well. Um, Sometimes, if you're a night owl, or if you find it hard to get to sleep, even though you actually want to sleep, but you're having a hard time getting to sleep, that's that's an issue with low serotonin. Or if you wake up in the night a lot, like you kind of have restless nights or light sleep, um, or you find yourself waking up too early in the morning, maybe not being able to get back to sleep, that could be a sign of low serotonin. Um, Lots of times, those of us who have low serotonin issues are finding ourselves turning to sweets and starches, and sugars, chocolates. Um, We'll even find, you know, uh, that you'll turn to some drugs, um, like marijuana, or ecstasy, or different things, alcohol. Uh, You'll find often that um, if we've been medicated, we're on something like Prozac, or Zoloft, or something like that, because their serotonin um, uptake, I don't even know how to say that, inhibitors, They help the serotonin in our body. And so if we've been on something like that, it might be a sign of low serotonin. Um, Especially if you find yourself looking for those sweets or those starchy snacks or things like that more towards the afternoons or the evenings or even um, like in the middle of the night, but you don't find yourself craving them earlier. Because as as the day wears on and the darkness starts to come and evening starts to come, our serotonin levels will naturally go down. And, um, and we'll find ourselves craving something to help bring them back up. And so if you find yourself as you snack on sugar and stuff in the afternoon or evening, that could be a sign as well. Um, if you find that when you're having any of these symptoms we just talked about, that when you exercise, they go away, that could be a sign of low serotonin as well. Um, if you've ever been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or unexplained muscle pain or TMJ, those kind of things sometimes can be a sign of low serotonin as well. Um, and sometimes this is where we'll have those suicidal thoughts. Okay. Or like I said, it's, it's kind of a dark place. It's different than, um, than some of the others will explain. And I hadn't understood the difference before because I'd never really been in the dark part of depression until, um, until i had my last baby. So my round that I, about two and a half years ago is when I started to really experience this low serotonin. And I'd never experienced dark before. And that's the, anyway, I started to think, Oh, okay. Now I know what people are talking about when they say things are dark. Now I get it. Um, okay. So low serotonin, if you have any of those things or many of those things, you could be looking at low serotonin and there are lots of things you can do to bring that serotonin up. Um, this woman likes to use amino acids because they work very quickly. You can get natural amino acids. You want to work closely with your doctor on this because they can, you want, especially if you're medicated because you want to make sure they play nice together, okay? Um, But there, if you look into her book or work with someone who has the knowledge to be able to help you with this, they can help you with 5-HTP or tryptophan, St. John's wort. um, There's a couple of different ones that you can try. That um, those serotonin levels immediately back up and help dramatically. My experience, my coach put me on 5-HTP. I noticed a difference in an hour or two, Um, a massive difference. And I was so grateful. That's why I was like, I got to find out what this is about because it was huge. Now there's also um, uh, essential oils that help with this. And if you're looking to find out what they are, um, I'm going to encourage you to go to our We have several of us essential oil educators and experts in different fields that have created a group together. It's called EO Life Hub Essential Oil Education. I will put a link in the podcast notes of where you can go join that group. Tons of education in there and you'll see information on lots of different um, issues. We're, We're right now just organizing all the information that's in there into what's called units. So you'll be able to search through a place where it talks about hormones or brain chemistry and find the information that you're looking for specifically. Um and I'm also going to invite you to reach out to me because I can help you um connect you with the right people or help you find um the right resources for you if you want to look at how um how you can incorporate more natural solutions for this issue. My favorite oil right now for this is ginger and I'm taking it internally and it's working wonders. Okay? Okay. The second uh, the second chemical or um, mood transmitter we're talking about is our catecholamines. And she calls these the three cats. Now, I always get one of these wrong. I can never say it. So one is dopamine and one is adrenaline. And the other one is... I got to look it up so I make sure I say it right because I have a hard time saying it. Um, nor... Oh, you guys. Sorry, I'm pulling out my book here just a sec. It is called. Um, now if I can say it, norepinephrine. Norepinephrine. I shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard. (laughs) But it is for me sometimes. Okay. Now, she calls this when you're low in the cats. Okay. So again, we're talking about adrenaline, um, dopamine, and norepinephrine. These are the three kinds of catecholamines. She calls them the three cats. And when she says when you're low in the cats, you may feel, um, instead of feeling, let's see, um, you may not feel much of anything. Actually, she calls it the blahs rather than getting angry or, or upset at people. You may just nod and give in because you can't summon up the energy to react rather than being full of dark clouds. Your mental sky may be colorless okay and she said um, this is just that feeling of not wanting to do anything. So I know I was I was working with someone the other day and they said I just have no motivation. I have no motivation to do anything. I just want to stay in bed and do nothing And that's what she's talking about here when you're low in cats that's the feeling. So here's a couple of a couple of symptoms to look at. She says do you feel depressed like flat bored or apathetic? Okay. Are you low on physical or mental energy? Like, do you feel tired frequently and you have to push yourself to exercise because you just don't feel like you have the energy? Is your drive, enthusiasm, and motivation quota on the low side? Um, Do you have difficulty focusing or concentrating? here's an interesting one. Are you easily chilled? Like, do you get cold hands and feet often? And this is something I've been struggling with a long time. And I thought, why in the world are my hands and my feet always cold? And then I realized it's probably due to low cats. She said, do you tend to put on weight too easily? Or do you tend to need to get more alert and motivated by consuming a lot of uppers? Like, you know, whether it's coffee or caffeine or um, whatever it is, sugar, um, you're doing things to pick you up because you just feel so blah, right? So if any of those things ring a bell for you, you may be low in your cats. And it's uh, it can be a little bit complicated because you've got adrenaline, you've got the three different catecholamines, and they all affect things differently. And so you're going to want to work with someone to or your doctor to figure out how to um, up that. But she does give some ideas of how to do that. And she talks about using, now I got to find where my notes just went, um, there is a, an amino acid that she uses for that. And you'll want to look in her book to learn more about that. Let me give you an idea here. Um, there's one called tyrosine, um, L tyrosine. And you want to, we want to work through her book. You can probably do a lot of this at home if you had the right knowledge, um, and just study through the book and then be really intuitive. But if, again, if you're on medications or anything, you're going to want to talk to your doctor first and work together, Um, to make sure that nothing's interfering. Um, if you're using oils, you'll be fine. If you're using the amino acids, you want to, um, be a little more careful with that. Um, I've been using a combination of both. It's been working pretty well. Um, another place that we get this, um, our, what we need for our catecholamines is from our meat. And so, um, doing meat and fish and eggs and nuts, um, high protein, a lot of this comes from our protein. Um... I don't have, my page with the oils is missing. I don't know where it went. Anyway, again, if you want to know what to do oil-wise in conjunction with this, which I highly recommend, reach out to me and I will make sure that we get you connected with the people who can help you with that the most or find the information for you. Okay, the third the third area where she talks about this could affect us is low GABA. And this is something my doctor did put me on a month in, or a year and a half ago, immediately put me on GABA, which made a drastic difference. And this is if you're feeling like stress is your problem. So I remember going into the doctor and going, I just feel so overwhelmed, so stressed out everything stresses me out. To think about getting up and changing my baby's diaper stresses me out. To think about trying to feed them stresses me out. To see the mess in my house, like to even walk through the house and see that it needs to be cleaned, just overwhelms me to the point of tears. And he just kind of looked at me like, I know I'm crazy. And he goes, no, you're slow in GABA. And I was like, whatever, GABA, GABA. I'm not sure how you say it. Um, so here's some symptoms you might be low in GABA. Do you often feel over- overworked, pressured, or deadlined? Do you have trouble relaxing or loosening up? Does your body tend to be stiff or upright, uptight, excuse me, or tense? Are you easily upset, frustrated, or snappy under stress? Again, are you easily chilled, cold hands and feet? Uh, Do you tend to put on weight easily, too easily? So this is, you know, you've seen this in a couple of others already. Do you feel, often feel overwhelmed or as though you just can't get it all done? Do you feel weak and shaky at times? This is one where, um, you know, sometimes we'll feel like we actually have a blood sugar issue, and it might actually be the GABA that's causing that. Um, let's see. Are you sensitive to bright light, noise, or chemical fumes? Um, do you feel? Do you sometimes feel like you need to wear dark glasses a lot? I know, like for a long time, I have struggled to go outside without sunglasses on. I have needed. Um, I've needed that protection. The light just feels really overwhelming and it didn't used to be this way, but when things all hit the found about a year and a half ago, I could not handle the noise. I found that I was really struggling if my kids were being too loud playing and it's not that they were doing anything bad. They were just playing. There's just five of them in a smaller space and it just echoed really bad. And I would be like, Oh, I just gotta take the noise, right?" Um, so the bright light, the noise, and sometimes we're sensitive to chemical fumes. So, or any kind of smell, like we're really sensitive to smell. And so things might bother us or give us a headache if we smell something, um, that's strong. Okay. Um, let's see. He says, do you feel significantly worse if you skip meals or go too long without eating? Again, we start looking at blood sugar issues because it's really similar, um, and probably related, but it could be a GABA issue. Um, And then do you often use things to relax or calm down? And I found that was something I was doing is that I was eating things that I felt brought me calm. I needed to eat, you know, calming foods. I would find myself going to get a burger and French fries or to have to turn on something to watch to just like slow myself down because I felt so overwhelmed um, by everything. So if you're finding that GABA is an issue, then you might want to add some GABA into your regimen, your daily regimen. Again, you could work with a doctor on that. Um, One of the things that I love using for this is a product from doTERRA called um, Adaptive. It comes in an oil and it also comes in a supplement that has some herbal supplements plus the oil with it. And it addresses a specific issue. And so it's really powerful. If you want to try that, reach out to me and I can get you a sample of that. Um, Okay, so if you found any of those jumped out to you, let's look at your GABA. Now, the last of the four uh neurotransmitters or mood transmitters is your endorphins. And this is something I remember learning about in high school. I was um, part of the committee that did Red Ribbon Week. And we I remember we talked a lot about endorphins because they were the natural, you know, stimulant and and helping your body be, feel happy and feel excited and not feel pain. And so we were always talking about how to boost endorphins naturally. And I hadn't really thought about it much <laughs> again until... Um, until this last month or so when this came up and I started really researching it. And so if you are low in endorphins, you might find that you're too sensitive to pain. Now, this could be physical pain. This could be emotional pain. Um, this came up for me because I was so afraid of, how do I even put this? Um, because this is not my natural tendency, but this is where I found myself. Like for anyone to correct me or to tell me I was doing something wrong or to disagree with me, like my natural, who I am naturally is like, oh, okay, well, I'll correct or that's okay. We have a different opinion or whatever. But it was actually shutting me completely down and turning me way off to where I wasn't talking to anyone. I wasn't, I was too afraid of the pain I would experience when someone didn't like what I had to say or didn't agree with me. Okay. Okay. So if you're finding yourself too sensitive to life's pain, here's some of the symptoms she says you may experience. Again, this is all coming from this book, The Mood Cure. She says, do you consider yourself or do others consider you to be very sensitive? Does emotional pain or perhaps physical pain really get to you? And I would say, yes, that's something I've struggled with from time to time. Do you tear up or cry easily? Uh, For instance, maybe even during TV commercials or, you know, Are you a a sympathy crier where anyone cries and you just are sobbing? I find myself doing that. She asks, do you tend to avoid dealing with painful issues? Yes, that was definitely for me. I was. Yep. Um, She said, do you find it hard to get over losses and get through grieving? Right. Um, Have you been through a great deal of physical or emotional pain? And the last, she says, do you crave pleasure, comfort, comfort? reward, enjoyment, or numbing from treats like chocolate or bread or, you know, romance novels or movies or whatever it is that kind of numbs you, like takes you out of where you are and gives you either that pleasure, comfort, reward, enjoyment, or numbing, right? And if you stop and think for a minute and you kind of resonate with that, then you might recognize your low in endorphins. Now, there's lots of ways to raise endorphins. One, my favorite is exercise. Um, There's also Um, there's also an amino acid that can do that. It's called, um, now I can't even say it. I don't know how to say it, you guys. Anyway, it starts with a pH. Phenylalanine, something like that. Okay. Um, but again, there's lots of ways and there's to help our body with those endorphins. Now, if any of this resonated with you, you may find yourself needing to address some chemical issues, some some mood transmitter issues, okay, And I just gave you a brief overview of what you might want to look into. Um, if this is a, a something that you really want to get on top off top of uh, seriously, I would encourage you to get the mood cure. Again, it's it's called the Mood Cure by Julia Ross. It's a four-step program to taking charge of your emotions, and I have really appreciated her her look on this, her outlook. And had I not experienced it for myself, I wouldn't know that it could be as simple as she's made it. Um, again, not every situation is simple, and she does talk about how um, she's been treating uh, through her clinic people for, I think it's 20 or 30 years. And they've been doing some of this specific therapy with amino acids and different natural supplements for the last, um, since 1997 or 98, I believe. And, um, and she's had incredible results. And I have experienced those for myself that it really did make a massive difference to, um, to get my body what it needs, right? We keep talking about there's deficits in our body, and for us to be emotionally stable, we've got to fill in the gaps. We've got to fill those deficits and and then put in what our body really needs. So if you resonated with any of this, I'm going to invite you to either um, get the book, The Mood Cure. Reach out to me. I might be able to help you a little bit more. You can um, you can email me at dot winners.edge dot at gmail.com. I'll put that in the notes as well for the podcast. You can go to our Facebook page at eolife.com hub, essential education, and we can help you there as well. And you can come reach out at jimmyandshelly.com also. Um, there's a little bit of information there where, where this happy mama stuff is posted or the happy mama group, actually the happy mama Facebook group. You can join that group and I will be posting a few things in there as well. Lots of ways you can connect with me to get more information on this. Um, and I'd be happy to share this questionnaire with you. If you want to reach out to me and, um, and you can can kind of take this assessment for yourself and see if this might be a resource for you to look into to help um, have that emotional stability that we're really, really looking for as moms, right? Happy Mamas, I, I love you all and I'm excited for you to continue on this journey to, be, to come out of 2020 a happier mama and more able to influence and impact the world, your family, those around you, the way that you've always prayed that you could. So I'm gonna encourage you to get on top of this and to really start assessing what might be the gaps in your physiology needs. And again, reach out to me in in all those places. I'll put them in the notes um, if I can help you with that at all. All right. Thanks, happy mamas. We'll catch you on the next episode.